1: Going to have an interesting discussion about something that I was kind of news to me, to be completely honest, in reading about this. Um, when we talk about federal election campaigns and how they've changed, we know that. Um A tremendous amount of our own personal data is tracked, right, by various different people, companies, advertisers, blah, 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 the list goes on. Well, political parties are also heavily involved in that, very involved in that, and they collect all kinds of information and use it in many different ways. So we're going to have a discussion about the electronic tracking of voters in our country. Elizabeth Dubois joins us now, an associate professor of communication at the University of Ottawa. Elizabeth, thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, I wasn't aware of this. Do you think most Canadians are? Do you think most Canadians have an understanding that um, the way they interact with politicians and parties leads to them being tracked in some way?
0: You know, only about 60% of Canadians know that parties get access to things like mailing address or their name or phone number. Uh, But then there's all kinds of other information that gets collected that fewer and fewer people know about. So... You know, some political parties will collect information about your social media handles, about your occupation, about your age or gender, and few people know about that.
1: Yeah. So let's go through what kind of things are being collected. I mean, it goes right down to your income, right? I mean, they collect all kinds of info
0: yeah, so I mean, it's important to know that not all of this information is collected, you know, down to the penny on every single person. But there is a lot of different information that parties can collect. And the big problem is we just don't know what most parties are collecting. Yeah, so we do know, you know, it's very common for parties to identify your address because, They get that access because you're a voter in their riding. Um, A lot of them will ask you for their phone number, even though that's not provided by Elections Canada, Uh, and they will—that's your cell phone number, I should say. They'll have you know a landline if you've got it, and can connect that to their address. And then they might, if you are thought of as a likely voter, they might want to target advertisements to you online and so they'll try and figure out uh you know do you have an email address you want to share do you have a facebook do you want to go like our facebook page and that kind of thing and all of that is used to gather more and more bits of information and create this profile of who you are
1: so obviously they get the voters list which is pretty generic and they've always had access to that but like you say it's the online once you step into that realm clicking on a liberal or a conservative ad opens you up to further tracking that's true
0: Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways it happens. One of the ways is they might ask you if that you'd like to give them information, right? So they'll ask you, "Do you want to be added to a mailing list, or uh, can I have your email address to keep you up to date?" So those are the kinds of things where we opt into getting that electronic communication. But then there's you know clicking on ads. So depending on where you click on it and how that process goes, they get different kinds of information. If you're clicking on a Facebook ad, they don't actually get your specific name and your profile, but they get a sense of who you are generally. And if you do choose to go and donate or get a lawn sign or something like that based on that click, then they connect it back to that wider profile of who you are.
1: What, what do they do with that information? Like, I mean, like you said, is it just targeted advertising or is there more? Are they building a database of this is our, these are the people that are in our camp and, you know, what do they do with the info?
0: Yeah, so when they have that general information, what we call aggregated information, where they don't necessarily uh, have the intent of kind of targeting you specifically, but people like you, that's where we see targeted advertisements on Facebook or other platforms happening. But then there's also the uh, kind of get-out-the-vote campaigns. A bunch of people are probably getting phone calls from campaigns today saying, hey, I noticed you haven't voted yet. Do you want to ride to the polls? Is there something standing in your way? Can we help you get there? And parties do that when they've identified you as somebody who's probably going to vote for them, and they want to make sure you get to the polls. So some of this information, that's really great. We want more people getting to the polls. But other times it can lead to, you know, constant requests for, hey, would you like to volunteer for us? Hey, would you like to donate to to us, hey, would you like uh, to put a lawn sign up? And sometimes people like that kind of contact, and other times people are, you know, a bit annoyed by it.
1: Yeah, and that's actually the work that you're doing, is finding out how Canadians feel about this tracking, Um, and really kind of interesting because, um, you know, it, it really affects how people engage with political parties in terms of what information they find out these parties are collecting on them, right?
0: Exactly. So already people have, like, relatively low engagement rates they you know we see only about a third of the population saying that they are likely to engage with campaigns if they were to get a phone call or or to kind of get a message or interaction on social media Uh, but what's really interesting in our research is once we give people more information about how much parties collect and what they do with it Fewer people are then saying, oh, I'd be happy to engage on social media. So once people learn that parties collect stuff on social, they're less likely to want to engage there.
1: So a little more guarded once they realize, wait a minute, just watching that ad or clicking on their site or whatever leads to suddenly they have more access to my own personal data.
0: Exactly. And it just kind of makes you, it makes people more aware of the potential risks of having their data in some database.
1: Like, what are they worried about? Are they worried about being bombarded with liberal or conservative campaign ads, or maybe this information is going to end up in the wrong hands? What, What was the primary concern they cited?
0: concerns are really around the safety and security of the data. So it's less about is a campaign going to send me more information and more about what if hackers got into it? What if there was a data breach? Uh, What if there were um, parties that were selling my data to other sources or sharing my data with others uh, and then other people have access to it beyond the party. So it's interesting to see that people aren't too concerned with the parties themselves using the data, but all of the potential knock-on effects if that data is not kept secure and protected.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Do they think this is a fair way to play out a democracy? Is this something that they want to see continue, or do they think this is sort of something that shouldn't be part of our system?
0: So we asked people whether or not they thought parties having personal information like this was essential to our democracy, and the majority of people said they didn't think that that was the case. Uh, Now, it was only a slight majority, so there's definitely wiggle room. I think what this means is we need to be clearer about what information is actually necessary, right? It's great that parties know who is in their riding and who they are representing,
1: uh, but it's not so great if it's making people uncomfortable, yeah. And what about consent? What about putting in a little consent that, hey, we're going to be collecting this information? I mean, that would change things, wouldn't it?
0: Exactly. And we expect that from yeah. businesses already, right? We've got privacy laws that make it very difficult for businesses to misuse our data or to collect data without our knowledge. And the thing is, other than in D.C., in Canada, parties are exempt. And so political parties yeah, they have to have a privacy statement, but there's no regulator making sure that uh, they're following what they said in that statement. And there's no legal restrictions here at this point on those political parties. And so uh, having something like mandatory consent is just not on the table at the moment.
1: In fact, parties have come out and said, hey, forget it. We're not covered by this privacy legislation. We don't have to adhere by these rules, right? They've explicitly stated such.
0: Exactly, exactly. We've seen, uh, you know, the Liberals and the NDP have both come out and been clear that this is not something that we are held to, uh, and other parties similarly have not been posting uh, that kind of information or going through the kinds of, they don't hold themselves to the rigor that businesses are held to because they don't have to.
1: Interesting stuff, Elizabeth. I, I, I admit it was an eye-opener to me. Thank you for doing the work, and thank you for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you very much. That's Elizabeth Dubois, who is Associate Professor of Communications at the University of Ottawa. How much did you know about that? I mean, I, I, you know, the voter rolls, they know who's in the riding, and they know who's voted which way in the past, and, and to target things like that. And, of course, if you ask for a yard sign... uh yeah, that's going to be noted. Um, but, you know, the social media clicks and if you reply to an email, were you aware of that?